Hello and welcome to Conversations with Criminals. I'm Matt Price and today's episode is different yet again. I've actually decided to do a, a compilation and by that I mean I've taken certain clips that for whatever reason didn't make it into a final podcast but I still think are really good and really worth hearing and I've been wanting to do this for quite a while so for example I have a 10 minute story from the mother of Estepona talking about money laundering in casinos. I speak to someone who was an acid dealer and he gives his thoughts about it I also get to introduce Martha, who hasn't been on the wrong side of the law, but is, of course, the reason why I've been doing this podcast. So I hope you enjoy this one. I've actually had great fun just listening back to it, actually, and all the people that I've met. None of of the material here today has been on a previous podcast, so um, it's all new and it's all fresh, and I hope you enjoy it like smuggle a mobile phone in or something like that. You, you know? want to see what people put up their ass? It's absolutely fucking horrific. You see the size of my mobile phone, obviously without the case. Yeah. Well, that, that's an iPhone. That's quite, that's a big phone. I mean, yeah. or is that? Well, that's uh, Samsung. Oh, Samsung. Well, it's well, a it big, matter, well this podcast <laughs> it's a phone. Is, this podcast is not sponsored by either of those companies. <laughs> people who, if you say the word fox... And you don't actually see them in your house 24 hours a day every night. You imagine, you imagine something like Basil Brush is nearly a dog. You can, you, know, you can look after it, feed it, it could be... You know when I mean? You imagine that they are mangy, fucking eat your baby oh, if yeah, he's got yeah, milk yeah. on his they face will. kind of things around here. They are nasty. Brent, tell me I never look... Where did, where did I catch a large fox? What? In this house, where did I catch him? What, in this house? In yeah. the back here, wasn't it? In here? Right, right. I caught one in here shitting in my house! Yeah, sitting on the in floor. In my house! Sitting on the Walking floor. Walking around yeah. over there, and he went, mm. as if to go like, what? <laughs> you fucking little cunt, right? Mm. I ran around there, he ran up here and then ran up the stairs. I thought, fuck, now he's locked in my bedroom. <laughs> so I've got the big, the big blue sack that you get all the sand in. You know, you get like a ton of sand in a... In a big in builders bags. Builders bags. You know, like you get sand delivered in a big bag, like a big. St- oh, then ones in the garden. I've got that by the door. I've run in there, fucking catch me. I've caught him in this fucking bag. I let that one go, didn't I? Yeah. After like squeezing the bag up so he's just in the bottom bit. Yeah, giving stabbing it. Good, it giving it a good. Let him stab it. I'll give it a good. <laughs> kick I mean, let it out. No, I could have killed it, but I let it out. So hopefully it will go, because I have got the power of communication to go. Don't fucking go in that house. I can get big spiders coming here, right? But will kill them. They have got families, kids, cousins, brothers, and uncles. Like the miles you go, like, they went in that house and he ain't come out yet. That must be the bollocks in there. Right? right? It's not funny. They do communicate. You're laughing, right? They do communicate. And when they're frightened, they're pissing everywhere. So my fucking bedroom smell like old foxes for about four years. What what's the most stupid charge you've ever heard of someone being in for? Like the most stupid reason? Has there been one? Um. Uh, oh, there was actually one guy. Yeah, uh, he was in there on a mom because he'd stolen his own car. <laughs> I mean, I'm allowed to laugh at that. I'm <laughs> yeah, of course, because we all <laughs> laughed about it. He stole so, like, his own car. How he he stole his own car because basically the missus has kicked him out. And he'd gone back to the house, got the keys, and took his own car out of his own house. But because he was asked to leave by the police, he 
Um, he went back and it was like a breach. So he went back to the house, let himself in, got his car keys and took his car. But he was in there on remand for stealing his own car. That is brutal. <laughs> did, Fucking did, horrendous. Did people take the piss out of him for that? Oh, he got shouted at down all the time. Just turn around and go, oh, all right, can I borrow your motor? Do you know, a lot, and he just go, yeah, no problem. I'll just go and grab it from the wife's. <laughs> That's so bad. I know, but yeah, but do you know what? He done, he'd been in there when I met him, he'd been in there three months. And this is all waiting for it to go to court for stealing your own car. And then when he went to court, it was, yeah, what? So he'd been in probably just over four months. And he went to court. And he, yeah, the screws come back to us and told us he got a not guilty <laughs> for stealing his own car. But he still had to spend nearly, well, I think it was just over four months in, in jail for stealing his own car. And was he was he a hardened criminal? Would you look at him and think, oh, I don't want to mess with that guy? No, he was like your everyday guy that had just fallen out of his missus. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you know what I'm asking, don't you? Because yeah. there's this idea that, you know, criminals are of a certain type. No, actually, yeah, no, there's no... He would some of the worst criminals, I think, in there. You just look at them and think, "Fucking hell, he doesn't look like he's got that enemy. He looks like a right dinlo." Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, well, what the fuck? And it's just yeah. like, wow, you really done that? It's just like a lot of them. You think, "Cool, you're brave." Yeah. So, yeah, you do see all, all walks of life and that. He's, uh, I don't know, it's a hard one. I think it's an experience and I think if it, if you could, go, even if it's overnight. <laughs> well, me, go overnight in a prison. Yeah. I'd, I'd, what what crime would I have to commit in order to get one night? Well, maybe just ask them if you could just say that you're doing a thing on it and just say could, uh, they'd give you your own cell. Or something, I'd imagine, well, yeah, and then but just see what it's like because even just looking through your cell window, which I did for the first three days in there, thinking, "Fuck me, look at all these lunatics running around." They've got half hour out their cell to play pool, and they go running out the door, screaming, shouting, singing. All the music comes on. It sounds like a riot, yeah, and it's all just excitement for being out the cell for half hour. Fear of violence has always been an interesting thing to me and working with so many people in such different contexts who have been violent has taught me something really quite significant. And what I've learned is that people who are afraid of violence or who run away from violent situations aren't cowards at all. And what they're afraid of isn't what someone will do to them in a violent act. They're afraid of what is in them to do something violent. And that's why I've seen so many people who have murdered a violent spouse or who've attacked a rapist or who've attacked an intruder. And sometimes they've came and, and been prosecuted as a result of that. But that's what essentially fear is. It's not fear of what someone will do to you. It's fear of what you are capable of in any context. And that's what fear is. I believe that it's in all of us to be violent. 
we don't all act on it and we haven't all got the stomach for it. And if you commit a violent act, whether that's in self-defence or whether it's for some other reason, it's a very difficult thing to come back from. Once you cross that line, it's hard to come back. I know I got back to where I was living at Thamesmead. I thought she'll never find out. She can't remember where I live. She's only been here once. And I, and I thought, no, I'd better go back to the club and pick her up, you know, because, like, you know, she is a bit cuntish, really. So I went back there, Lou, back. I was only been gone. I dropped Dave back here and went straight back to Swansea. And by the time I got back there, I went, what's happened to her? He went, oh, what the fuck was that? I went, why? He went, we thrown her out. And she's threatening to have all the doormen shot. <laughs> she's fucking got on everyone's tits, trying to start three or four fights and all that. I went, okay. <laughs> so I, I, and they said, we put her in a cab, she's fucked off. I went, all right. So I got back home, yeah, and I thought, hang on, my light's on. I don't remember leaving the light on. And I had this big front, like a masonette, yeah, and, and the front window was, right, really big, yeah. And, I, and as I walked up to the, the end of the front door, I thought, you know, that looks like a, a big hole in the window. <laughs> and she's just, this geezer had a rockery next door and he used to have a little, in a geezer in Thames made with a rockery, is funny, isn't it, though, right? But his bloke was a bit prim and proper next door and loved his garden. She's just picked this rock up, put it through my front window, climbed in the window, cut all her legs, yeah, there's all blood on the fucking thing, right? And she's lied on the settee, found the bag of Charlie I had, <laughs> took a sniff to all that, and, and drunk the last three or four cans of beer, which is lying and set out of it, going, What are you doing, you cunt? <laughs> so I've gone, Oh, I said, I was looking for it. <laughs> so I come back, Yeah, you cunt, I fucking had to get in, didn't I? I was like, Yeah, I suppose you did, really, yeah. <laughs> so I thought, Well, you know, like, it's got a little blood running down her legs, slow and all that, which is cut herself. I thought, But in the morning, what was really funny. The geezer next door came and knocked on the door. And he went, excuse me, he went, uh, I've got a rock missing from my rock. <laughs> <laughs> I went, yeah. He said, well, I'm just looking at your window. And he said, out of guess, I think you might have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I said, uh, I said oh, go round the front then, mate. <laughs> so he's walked round and I've just got this rock out of the kitchen. Went out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, am I fucking walked off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me, that's a bit sulky. <laughs> yeah, basically, um, I got a three-year sentence, um, which I was lucky with. My acid's the only drug that they can test and um, convict you on the strength of the drug. So if you bought cocaine and it was 1% or 99%, you still get the same tariff okay with acid the stronger it is the more years you're going to get oh um, right yeah so you're looking at one to one to seven or one to eight years so my solicitor gave me the news that you could be looking at seven years seven to eight years um, how did that feel that, that was a scary thought yeah. that was that was 100% scary thought I had, a, I had a wife and kids at the time sure. I was doing it as a little sideline for, for, for the family do you know what I mean that's a, I'm not trying to justify it it was a silly game but it was more money I was still working but it was a sideline just to make money for me, the kids, live a happy life. Um, so yeah, I got I got three years, so it was like a medium strength acid. Uh, luckily it wasn't the strongest stuff, but it's still enough to do damage. Um, 
and, and in my pr in prison, I, I I sat back and I learned a lot. I I I I'd done a um a five month business course, business studies course. So I got a diploma in business studies. Okay. Um, I done English and maths. I became a, a, a like a and a teacher's assistant in in there as well to teach people. Um, I just wanted to better myself. I realised I'd done something silly, but I also read up and learned about the about acid and the side effects of, of, of LSD. It's it's one of those drugs they reckon if you take it, it's you. It, it can cause issues in your in your brain in your mind forever just by taking it one dose. Yeah. So I'm glad I never got to. I'm glad I got it got destroyed and, and taken off the street. Oh, that's all, all drugs are the same. Selling cocaine, selling weed, whatever. But that one was just that hit me a bit because it's that's a permanent damage. Like if you sniff cocaine, it's it's over that night. Or you, you, yeah, you can get damage. But with LSD, it's they reckon it's too many times and you, you couldn't you may not come back from that trip yeah. which is a scary thought yeah now I've met some sort of uh, yeah, acid casualties over yeah. the years and it is you, yeah, sometimes people don't come back I'd like to ask you about jail as well but clearly <clears throat> yeah. you, you know you took it as a time to reflect and better yourself you, you know there's a lot of my, uh, kind of uh, urban myths about jail and stuff as a big guy would anyone mess with you in jail to be fair we're quite lucky in Devon because everything's a bit more chilled out in Devon. I think if it had been London, like the Wormwood Scrubs or Birmingham or Liverpool, it may be different. But Devon, I, I, I turned up at Exeter Prison and I knew quite a few guys anyway. Okay. Which is a bit embarrassing, but it's one of those. I knew a few guys, so I was looked after. Um, I was a big lad, so I didn't have any clothes that fit me. Right. Um, you're not allowed to wear your own clothes. They give you clothes. So they give me this like large jumper and I wear two XL. Yeah. They give me a pair of large trousers so it looked like a pair of shorts. So I was walking around like a white, white Muppet. So I, I, a quick story, I went to see the, the, the senior officer one day and it was um, grub time, so everybody's waiting outside the survey. And he kept walking off and I was like, Gov, Gov, I need, I need to talk to you about clothes. And as he went to walk off, he turned around, went to walk towards me, bumped into me and hit the floor. Oh, no. <laughs> and then it just okay. went off. Every, all the lads started cheering. They thought I'd, I'd give this guy a slap. And then all the um, the other guards come in, all the screws they call them, come in and start twisting me up. He was like, no, 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 no. He said, just go away, go away. He <laughs> told me to piss off in the end. But yeah, it looked so... That could have been terrible. That could have been terrible for me, yeah, if he had took offence to it. But it, it was his own fault he walked into me. But yeah, it looked like I'd give him a slap and he was on the floor. Blimey, because that could have ended up in like a riot or something. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, especially with all the guys in the survey, if, it, if they had all kicked off, it could have been a, a riot over nothing. Years ago, before I come to Spain, um, about 21, 22 and uh, I'd just come back from Greece because I used to be a croupier years ago when I was 18 I was the youngest croupier in London Okay. three-handed dealer yeah, blackjack roulette and punta Banco. is that corrupt the casinos? oh no and I was in on it I became a croupier I was 17 not 18 yet so I'd, I was in the training pool um, Knightsbridge Sporting Club in Knightsbridge and I was in the training school mm. and it was learning roulette. Well, you can't get your license until you're 18. So everybody else got their licenses. My license weren't through because I weren't 18 until July. So they kept me in the training pool. Luckily for me, they taught me blackjack. So I've already got the roulette and now I'm training blackjack. License still ain't come in and I was good at what I fucking did whatever I do I'm good at <laughs> and I was good at what I did and uh, then they taught me Pontebanco so I'm a free-handed free -hand, dealer at 18 so then I goes up onto the floor and of course 
everybody that was in my training school was already on the tables and this that and the other but I was I was good and then I couldn't become a an inspector because you have to be over 21 to be an inspector so the ones that would come and inspect they couldn't even inspect me wouldn't inspect me because I was too too good for them do you know what I mean I was too good it was like you know I've, I've dealt paid and put the cards away and they're like uh, okay <laughs> you've done that wrong did I <laughs> you know shit like that but um, yeah so I was a group yeah and the Nitro Sporting Club was owned by Alex Menotes, a Greek guy but the the managers and the pit bosses were all companies all from the East End so I'm a company and they as soon as I got there, they tend to took me took me right under their wing straight away, because I was a lot broader than what I am now, mm. and it was like the shit I used to do, used to get away with, was like um, unbelievable, really. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you used to have what they call the count. Have you ever watched the film Casino? Yeah, yeah. That is true. Just like that. It is true. Mm-hmm. And they always used to say, "Oh, who's on the count tonight? The ones with the biggest pockets." <laughs> but what it was, you used to have, to have a dealer. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? Had an inspector and a pit boss and a manager. There was all in on it. The amount of, I mean, they had fucking yachts and all that. I just had a flat in Kensington Church Street, you know. But, um, <clears throat> but there was all in on it. So I'm, I'm the dealer. And what you've got, you've got a little clicker. And when you count out the money, say someone gives you four grand, you have to count that out. Mm-hmm. All right? So say he's got the clicker and he only clicks up a thousand. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you still give out the right amount of money and all the chips because they're going to lose it anyway. House <laughs> <laughs> right. always wins. <laughs> it's yeah. The money's the money. Goes on. It's just the clicker and what's in that box. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what what's happened there. Right? Because they're going to cash chips go all around the casino and or they cash in and they go somewhere else and they go on another table. So he says he's counted up. He's clicked up a thousand. Right, so that's dead three grand. When the pit boss comes round, she's got a little book and she gets the clicker and she puts the number in the book for AR7, so we let seven, and she do that to all the tables at the end of the night. As long as them figures all tally up at the bottom in that book, when that they're taken out and they're taken into the back room, all that dead money is dead. <laughs> and like they'd put me on roulette eight which was like a dead a dead table really because you'd have roulette eight and then you'd have the Ponte Banco table right mm-hmm. up at the back of the casino and they'd bring me ten grand on I signed for it and then that ten grand would disappear because they'd just say well it's been played it's gone into the casino it's been played and then they come right and have a note and take 10 grand off mm-hmm. and that's just for the uh the owner alex because he was going out gambling somewhere else and that was his <laughs> pocket money for the night wow wow <laughs> or when they wanted me to do a double shift i was always paid in cash right <laughs> yeah oh yeah so it is so then you <laughs> so yeah so so then whoever goes on the count to count the money 
as long as you there's an amount of money there that tallies with that book, any money over there, it don't exist. It's dead money. Wow. <laughs> That's how that stuff works. Yeah. Does that mean that they could launder money through the casino? Yeah. Well? Gotcha. Wow. Gotcha. How you launder money in the casino? You want to launder, say, say 25 grand. Right. You go in the casino. You're playing with cash. Yep. Right. Then you want to cash out. So you, 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 what you do is you don't actually play. Okay. You just cash in your money. On the mm-hmm. table, I put five grand there, get me cash chips, so give me a five grand plaque, take that plaque over there, right, give me in cash chips, go to another table, okay. right, but they're not playing, yeah. not playing, or they might play a hundred or whatever, but they're not playing. So then they go to the cash desk, and they go, no, I don't want cash, I'm going to check. Clean. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, Where that- did you get that five grand from? Oh, I've been to the casino. Can you prove that? Yeah, I've got a check. Because wow. you put your... Blimey, okay. I've always that... been curious about the money laundering thing. Really? And that kind of... <laughs> well, yeah, I've always easy, thought, how does it work? Surely it must show up somewhere, but no. it don't. No. Not with that, does Wow, not... Wow. Wow, that, 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 that feels like a bit of insider information now. It's <laughs> yeah, quite... better keep that bit out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely, yeah. Yeah, I don't know anyone in any casino. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Because I've heard money laundering generally, I don't know, certainly the people I know in in various parts of the UK tell me um, cash business is obviously like tanning salons yeah. and, and, you know, yeah. and generally you see nobody. And every time I go for a haircut now, when there's no one in, hmm. I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm sure this is <laughs> a front, you know, like for drug money or something yeah. like that, because it's just me. Well, I, I mean, used to have um, a navigational map shop. <laughs> A navigational map shop. Yeah, that's not wow. suspicious whatsoever, yeah. is it? <laughs> Spanish waters. You've got your map shops in Spain where you can get if you're going off, right? You can get your maps because you have to know your coordinates and all that, right? Well, I was the only shop that did out of waters, out of Spanish waters. Mm-hmm. Right, with the maps that we used to get from Jib. We had a contact in Jib that used to get the, uh, the maps and then we used to do them from here. But we had all the equipment for the... Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's, um, as you go up the top here, when you go to uh, the, the, the lighthouse, mm-hmm. right, you've got them shops along the front. Yeah. Well, it's the, the first one. It's the first one that was my shop. It's got a stair. Uh, and people would come in with a load of cash then, and they would go, I want to buy a map. <laughs> <laughs> Is that yeah. how it works? You know, some photocopies. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Because wow. I've always wondered about, because I've always used to be in, in Crouch End. Uh, there was there was this Greek restaurant restaurant the corner and it was always empty. We used to go in. It's lovely food. It's yeah. lovely, it's really, but it was always it empty. empty. Even at weekends, always empty. And we would joke, well, it's got to be money laundering film. I, mean, I don't know, but because yeah. like you think, there's no way that restaurant yeah. could survive yeah. because no one was ever in. And the food was lovely, yeah. but no one was ever in there. So it had to be right. It had to be yeah. money laundering place. Well, it's, I used to work in the Olympic Casino in Bayswater. Uh, Greek. You used to get all the Greek shipping owners in there. And um, what was his fucking name? Papadopoulos. Andreas Papadopoulos. He was the manager. Anyway, we used to have the baccarat table and a Ponte Banca table. Anyway, this is, got raided this night. Anyway, so my shift was one in the afternoon to uh, five in the afternoon to one in the morning. Mm-hmm. But you used to have to leave your coats at the front desk. Anyway, so I finished, got changed. Anyway, when I was, we, and we used to have to come out through the restaurant and then through the casino and out. 
and I see him, I can see his face now, he's with his suit and he's like going towards the kitchen, I thought, what's he going through the kitchen for? Anyway, as I've gone out the front, I've got stopped by the old Bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are you, what are you, I was just pretending to be a punter, because all these fucking old Bills started to st- steam in through the casino, I thought, oh fuck it, get me, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Stopped me. Wait, because I'm not a good liar. If someone says to me, but I'll go, yeah. He said, so where, where are you going? I said, I've just finished work. Went, Get back to your table. <laughs> Went back to his, hey, fucking emptied the cash point, took all the all the cash, all the safe stuff, all the paperwork, because my table was here and the cash point was right there. Anyway, see him, brought him. They'd cut off both ends of Bleaton Bay to Water Road. Oh, it was a real sting. <laughs> and what it was, they was um, money laundering through the back of our table. Wow, big money. Yeah, yeah, and that was there. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Because uh, one of the criticisms I get when I sort of speak, speaking to people who've been on the wrong side yeah. of the law is always, oh, you're romanticising it. I mean, it, it's, it sounds glamorous and it sounds like it's fun as well. And, I, yeah. and I've never said that to anyone, but the way you're telling me, yeah. was it fun? I mean, do you look back on it and think, God, I had a good laugh? It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> a really good laugh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and do you lot. miss it? Am I allowed to ask that? I mean, yeah, I do miss it. But what, what do you miss most? I just used to, me personally, people couldn't believe the, the way I was. I just used to do crazy fucking things, me. And it was like, if you don't like it, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brilliant. But uh, I was, I've always been a little bit of a troubleshooter, which I'll tell you later on in my life. And it's um, because I was a good croupier and I could control a table. Um, and used to get if a table gets out of control, they used to put me on it to get it out of con- to get to get it back to normality. When fucking chips all up here, they don't want that. So you've got to get that table back under control because for one, you can't see the numbers, and you can't. And then you start getting cheating and all that. Anyway, so they'd throw me on there to bring the table down, and vice versa, or they'd put me on a table to bring it up. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people used to follow me as well. Some people say then, do you forgive that guy, knowing what was probably at the back of it or knowing an explanation? Do you forgive him? No. No, I really don't. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that one. I have more episodes coming up. I will be actually getting Martha on the podcast to tell her story very soon as well. Thank you for all your support. I really, really appreciate it. The comments on iTunes mean an awful lot. As I always say, I know it's a little bit of a hassle to to leave a comment on iTunes, but if you would, that would mean an awful lot to me. But either way, take care of yourselves and I will speak to you soon.